It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. accent you're hearing is not that of Arthur Idala, which you usually hear every night from 6 to 7. It's that of Steve Levy. Now, you folks from Long Island will know my name as the uh, former Suffolk County executive from 2004 to 2011. Some of you might know of my writings. I'm a columnist for Newsmax. I've written a number of things for Fox News as well. I'm the head of the uh, think tank Center for Cost-Effective Government. So uh, I'm here in studio in New York with Matt, Alex, and Aisha, uh, who are running the show here. And we're going to have a great conversation over the next hour about what it's like for a Long Islander like me, Steve Levy, who kind of grew up in the city for a little bit, then went out to the island and haven't been back for a while because of covid but now coming back for this show and other things, and it's an experience to see how the city has been undergoing so many changes, some for the better, some for the worse. But to put this into perspective, for two minutes, let me tell you my background here. I'm born 63 years ago, Wyckoff Heights Hospital, Brooklyn. Grow up in Glendale, Queens, and I go to a school, St. Pancras Elementary School, kid named Levy, right? But I've got the Jewish dad, the Italian Catholic mother. So I'm doing the Catholic school bit. Ten years old, my parents, like so many others at the time, say, all right, we want to get some room for the kids. They hop in the station wagon. They drive out as far as they can go on the Long Island Expressway. At the time, it ends at exit 60. It's a place called Holbrook in Ronkonkoma. They settle there, and then I go to, I get my quarter of an acre, I have, you know, all middle-class type of upgrade. Uh, you remember the Wonder Years, you guys? I do Matt, remember, you remember the Wonder Years. Wonder years? Yes, remember? I do. Aisha, I, I, you're probably too young to remember no, the I Wonder do. Years. Uh, uh, not really, no. All right, <laughs> Kevin Arnold was the 10-year-old who was in suburbia on Long Island. That was me. I was Kevin Arnold, okay? I went to Sachem High School, the public school. Then I went on to... Stony Brook University, the state university. I go to St. John's Law. I go back to live in Queens with my aunt while I'm going to St. John's. I get out of St. John's. I'm 25 years old. I run for, for county legislature. Nobody expects me to win. I win that seat. Stay there for 15 years. I go to the New York State Assembly for a while. Then I become county executive. I leave in 2012 and go back into the private sector, start writing books, have commentary, and I'm loving this kind of stuff. So I want to talk with that perspective. I want to talk about these different things happening in the city from the perspective of a fellow. Here's probably the most interesting thing, Alex, from my perspective. I'm a Republicrat. You know what that is? A Republicrat? I've heard that term before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. I'm like half Republican, half Democrat. I was a Democrat for most of my political life but switched over to Republican in 2010 when I ran for governor, et cetera. And I'll bet you, I don't know if you agree with this, Aisha. Okay, let me, let me ask you, Aisha. Okay, I say 80% of the population, they're fiscally conservative and they're socially moderate. Okay? Well, you think that's about right? Do you think people are, are, more, are, are more liberal? Are they more conservative? Are they a mix? Can I ask how you got to that? My 80%? Yes. Totally pulled it out of the air. My experience, my anecdotal experience talking to people, because I think 40% of the population is voting Democrat no matter what. 40% is voting Republican no matter what. It's that squishy 20% in the middle that they can go either way based upon the candidate, the issue, the mood. That's my perspective what from experience. demographic are you? What demographic? Well, I'm yeah. a white male, obviously a law. I a, think a, it depends a, a, on age and generation. Oh, there's no question. 
Yeah. That's a very I feel good like point. everyone in my generation, they don't really know like the economics, yep. so they think they could get money yep, like yep, other yep, ways. Yep. Well, you know, wasn't it? It was Winston Churchill who had the fabulous line. Everybody yeah. knows it right now. If you're not a liberal when you're 20 years old, yeah. you don't have a heart. And if you're not a conservative by the time you're 40, you don't have a brain. Like yeah. that's a, I don't, you don't have to agree to that. I happen to buy that. But, you know, I, I definitely, you, you get a different perspective. Something, when you're in school as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old, you don't have a kid yet. You don't really care about crime as much or, or you know, whether there's a stop sign or, 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 or you know, your local elementary school. Then you have that kid and you buy a house. Everything changes. Am I, am I right, Alex? Uh, I don't know yet, but we'll see. <laughs> You're going to get to that point. Well, well, so anyway, I wish there was a party for people like me who, like, are just fiscally concerned. We don't like government wasting our money, and we don't want government in our bedroom. Well, what okay? about the forward party? I mean, is Andrew Yang's forward party a good party? He's or? trying that. I guess he's calling it like a fusion party. Yep, yep. He's been working with Christy Whitman, who was the former Jer Jersey the governor, governor yep. who was kind of a liberal Republican. You know, it used to be like a, a symbiosis between conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans. They don't exist anymore. No. It's all the... It's all of the extremes, right? Mm -hmm. Because now, because of gerrymandering and cable TV, the nature of cable TV, where it's all red meat for the Republicans, it's all blue meat for the Democrats. If you're running for office, you're more worried about losing a primary as a Democrat to a leftist or a Republican. You're worried about someone taking you out from the right then you are losing in a general election. So we have this polarization. You get what I'm saying, Alex? So this is your, what, 10 years out? Of 10 years out of office, right? Are you glad you're out of it, seeing what's going on, or what? Well, I miss the governing. I okay. don't miss the politics, and it's a hell of a different lifestyle than when I was, you know, you didn't have that cell phone that takes pictures, sure. followed you around. It's not the same gotcha. You were able to have an argument with a person on the other side of the aisle, at the end, you go out and you have a beer mm -hmm. or a Coke mm -hmm. or whatever. Can't do that anymore. Yeah. It's so visceral. It's yeah. so you know hateful. what? I feel like moderates don't even exist anymore in politics. They do, but they're scared, Aisha. They're I, scared to I talk. mean, in government. If right. you say, if you are a Democrat, for example, and you say, oh, I like this idea of a Republican Party, mm -hmm. you're going to be trashed on. You'll yeah. be dragged through the dirt. It used to be a virtue. Yeah, I want to compromise. I want to work at the other side. Now, as I said before, you're so worried about getting knocked off in a mm -hmm. primary yep. that you go, oh, I, I better not say that. My opponent in the primary will come and try to take me out. And look at Manchin and, and Cinema. They're being basically, you know ostracized by the Democrats right. for just disagreeing with them. That's kind of sad, too. So to Aisha's point, there's a lot of ostracization going on. Well, I think both Manchin and Cinema would agree with me with my 80% with my of the folks are fiscally conservative and socially yep. moderate theory. But, you know, we'll see where that goes. But, you know, uh, I started to talk about New York City and, and its changes and all. And I, I gave that little background from my perspective. Another background is the fact that you know, I have uh, stepchildren in their 30s, okay, and they didn't recall. They don't know what New York City was like in the 70s mm. and the 80s. Boy, I do. My dad had a store on, on Gates Avenue, Broadway and Gates in Brooklyn, Bushwick, okay, Bed-Stuy, Bushwick, a rough, rough area at the time, okay. But have you guys ever seen, you probably have seen it, Matt, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. When when things were really, really bad in New York. Oh, yeah. Are you talking to I, me? Aisha, you're 20-something years old, okay? You probably never saw these. Go look at Death Wish from the Charles Bronson movie, or Taxi Driver. He said, that was what New York was like. Yeah. Well, my, my 30-year-olds didn't know what New York was like back then. And, you know, they grew up in the Giuliani uh, mm -hmm. uh uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg days, yep. and, it, and it was a great, safe, clean city. Boy, has that changed. We reverted so totally. But the point is, it was thought that the city was unmanageable, ungovernable back in the 70s and 80s. Giuliani came in, cleaned it out. And I want to talk about that in our next block. Um, we're going to say, what, is, what was happening different in the Giuliani and Bloomberg time vis-a-vis -vis when de Blasio came in and it started to go downhill. And what can we do to get back to those good old days? It, it, it's possible because they said it was unmanageable. It was out of control in the 80s and early 90s. But we did get it under control. 
a lot of people are fleeing New York now. By the way, we lead the league. We lead the league in the nation for people leaving New York, not just the city, but the state. Partially crime, partially economics and taxation. Why is this happening? And what can we do? What's your, we got about 30 seconds in this block, Aisha. You're 20-something years old. You're going to stay in New York for the long haul. What's going on? I don't want to be in New York. It's too, I, I don't see my a future here right now. All right, we won't tell life. the producers or the, the owners of the <laughs> I radio I love New York, but I don't know. All right, well, we're going to get into that more, more. And by the way, folks, we'll take your calls, too, if you want to call in and give us your thoughts on this. 877-970-2999, 877-970-2999. Get back to us on the next block, and we are going to talk about crime, homelessness, taxation, immigration. It's going to be a blast. Come back to us. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Is now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala, a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Arthur I. Dallas Show. This is former Suffolk County Executive, New York State Assemblyman Steve Levy, subbing for Arthur. And we have in the studio with us our production team, Matt, Alex, and Aisha. And in the last block, we were talking about my perspective as a Long Islander coming back into the city and observing some of the changes. And we got off on a crime issue here. And by the way, if you guys want to call in, 877-970-2999. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-970-2999. So I started talking about my my daughters not knowing what the bad old days were in New York in, in the 70s and 80s. Then Giuliani comes in. What does he do? He implements a number of things, like three or four different things. Primarily, he gets Bill Bratton as his, as his police chief. And Bratton had success with the subways. He was the Port Authority, uh, not the Port Authority guy. He was doing uh, the whole subway system. 
And his broken thin windows theory, not that he invented broken windows, actually a couple of PhDs who wrote a book on it, but he was the first to implement it. And he said, look, if you have graffiti all over the place, if you have litter, if you allow people to jump to turnstile with no consequence, people think that it's just a jungle, that there's no, there's no rules. So they, there's a breakdown in, in the aura of law and order. And he was so right. For instance, when you stop the guy jumping the turnstile, it's not only important from the point of view of deterrence that, hey, the guy, I'm going to get stopped and I'm going to have to pay. But it's also the ancillary benefit you get from that. You stop them and now you pat them down. And now you find out the guy's packing heat illegally. Now you put him in the can for a while. You take him off the street. He can't commit that other felony. And it's in his head. I do this again. I'm getting jammed up. Today, they stopped it. Alvin Bragg comes in, says we're no longer going to prosecute these kind of crimes. Do you know, guys, that the city is losing $500 million a year from people who don't pay on the buses, don't pay on the subway. One third of the people who take a bus don't pay. 10% of the people on the subway don't pay. What kind of a message is that sending? Have you guys seen this? Do you see this on a daily of basis? Of course. And it, Alex? It, so as someone who rollerblades on one leg and like I pay my way, when I see someone jump over it next to me, it's like, all right, well, then I might as well just do that, you know? And it discourages people from doing it if they see their hard work to just get through is, you know, no one cares because the others are jumping over. And, of course, I just say they're carrying whatever, you know, and we don't know what they're carrying. And it's gotten more violent, hasn't it, the fair jumping and whatnot. Well, not so. yet, but, but speaking of carrying, I mean, this is one of the reasons that crime has been skyrocketing so precipitously over the last several years. You know, there was a fear that if you went out there uh, with an illegal gun and you got caught, you were going away for a long time. And that fear is now gone. I mean, stop and frisk was a policy implemented by first Giuliani and then put on steroids by Bloomberg, by the way. And then it fell off the earth with the de Blasio administration. But it did work. And, and here's my lawyer legal perspective on this, because a lot of people ask, well, is it Ill illegal, et cetera, et cetera. It is legal if it's done properly. With reasonable suspicion, you can stop someone, frisk them, and, and, and put them in jail. But you have to have the, 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 the authority from the top to do it. And secondly, you've got to have a prosecutor who's going to follow up and put that guy away. But what happened, there was a lawsuit that was brought back in 2012, 2013, where the advocates, the ACLU type, said, we think this is unconstitutional because it's targeting mostly people of color. And granted, there were more people of color who were stopped, but you also have to look at the fact that more people of color were committing crimes. And I'm not making an editorial comment. It's just a factual statement. So that in and of itself does not make it unconstitutional. However, when Giuliani started at his peak, about 1999, 97,000 stops on stop and frisk. Bloomberg comes in by 2011, 685,000. So, man, this was going out of control. So there probably was some legitimate reason to say you're going overboard here, okay? But what happens is they throw the baby out with the bathwater. So a Judge Scheinlin, no relation to Judge Judy, okay, but mm -hmm. happens to have that name, uh, Shira Scheinlin, makes this determination that the stop and frisk as practiced is, is not good. De Blasio comes in and rather than appealing that very bad decision, lets it lie and enters into a settlement with the advocates that says, now cops can't do it unless they think that a crime is about to be committed rather than just general reasonable suspicion that a person is a danger, okay? Changes everything. By 2018, 11,000 stops. So it goes from 97,000 in Giuliani to 685,000 to 2018, 11,000 stops. It's not that there's more guns out there. So, you know, I saw a poll which blew my mind. A majority of the people when asked, what's the biggest reason for increasing crime in New York? They're saying too many guns in the street. Baloney. You still have the same 300 million guns in the, in the nation that you did five years ago, 10 years ago. We don't have a sudden influx of guns. Same number. It's always been there. What's the difference? The bad guys feel emboldened now to take the guns out with them because in the past they were going to get patted down. It's taken away to going in the can. It's not happening anymore. So they're controlling the streets once again. We got to get back, not to the Bloomberg days where it really was over the top 
and probably violating people's rights without reasonable suspicion. But go back to the Giuliani days, not the not the de Blasio days right. here. So I don't know. Do, do you see there's any light at the end of the tunnel here? Well, Matt? I mean, I would like to think so. But, you know, I know going to your point about more guns on the street, I, I know it used to be back in the day with the gangs, they would have the youngest member of the gang hold the gun because right. then they would get, you know, the least amount of jail time. Yep. But now, yeah, I, I think criminals are emboldened. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What can we do about it, though? That's what well, I'd like you know, to know. One of the things you made, it's a very good point. People forget this. In, in Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration, they bragged about this change. They actually basically eviscerated any criminal prosecution against those under 18. And they thought Correct. they were being social justice warriors and they were doing a good thing. No, all it did is exactly what you said, Matt. It got the gangbangers to recruit these 14, 15, 16-year-olds to do all the dirty work because they know if they're caught, there's not going to be any severe consequences. Right, and they're anymore. very impressionable at that age as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So Now, as county executive, I know you had to deal with the gangs out in, in yep. Suffolk. So how did you deal with them out there? Well, you know, we actually coordinated with the FBI, the feds, and it worked splendidly. Uh, we crushed MS-13 uh, back then in 2010 because the feds came in. They have surveillance. They have very, very strict penalties, which allows them to flip one lower guy to the upper kingpins. We question. You know what happened? No, it's a big scandal in Suffolk County. They brought in. I left in 2011. They brought in a new police chief, this guy named Jim Burke, who had a lot of shenanigans going on. And he didn't want the FBI catching on to his illegal deeds. So he tells the he tells the FBI to take a hike. They actually kicked out the FBI from this task force. We had, you know what happened as a result? The next few years, 24 kids were murdered mm. by MS-13 in Brentwood and Central Heights. If you were asking me about Brentwood yep, yep, before. Yep. Right, I remember, because I rollerbladed uh, to the Duck Stadium in Central Island, which is right next door to right. Brentwood. So They got rid of the FBI. Who does this crazy stuff? And as a result, you had 24 dead kids. Finally... You know, there was enough pressure on. They get rid of this guy, Burke. They bring in the FBI again. Bump, bump. MS-13 is gone. But you got to have the will. Here in New York, I mean, with Bragg and some of these crazy open policies, the Blasio, I mean, we went from some of the best mayors in the world ever to, in my opinion, the worst. The uh, guy yep. is a Marxist. You know, the guy cuts a billion dollars from the police budget, then tells police officers, by the way, if you're involved in some kind of a hassle here, you could possibly get sued civilly and lose your house. You lose qualified immunity, to which I always say, before we do that, we should tell elected officials that you can get sued personally and lose your house. See how you like that. But uh, just terrible, terrible stuff. So I'm hoping that Mayor Adams, who has the right mindset, he understands the police are not the bad guys. They're the good guys. We need to support them. I hope he'll bring back, you know, that element of stop and frisk, really get into broken windows very heavily and see a reversal. But he needs help from the prosecutors because the cops can arrest these guys if they're going right back on the street. It's this vicious cycle. It's, well, the, it's really, really The 20 percent of the Democrat is showing also because you're like, well, you should do it the right way as well. Right. You can bring it back, but do it. Do it the not right to way. the Bloomberg way. Right. right. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you have to make adjustments, make your tweaks and adjustments. The one thing I was a little chagrined about with the mayor, I wish he had used more leverage against the governor during the governor's race. Hey, look, we really need to, to reform this bail reform you know, if you want my support, you really got to make a heavy effort on it. And, and the governor, God rest his soul, the state legislature just gave itself a huge increase in salary, okay? You don't give that away. You say, yeah, sure, I'm for it. You bargain with that. Okay, you guys want this salary increase? I first want to see a bill on my table that reforms the bail laws or this and that. When Pataki was in office back in the 90s, the way we got uh, charter schools, in New York, which are a great thing for people of color and lower echelon in the economic strata. He said, you guys want a pay increase? Here's the deal. You have to give us charter schools. And it worked. A golden opportunity went right down the tubes because Governor Hochul did not use her leverage uh, with that increase. We have to go to a break, but what do you want to talk about after we come back okay. from the break? When we come back, we're going to talk about the homeless. Governor Adams, and I agree with him on this one. He's saying, look, You just can't take over the street. You have a right to walk on the street, to sit on the street, maybe even to sleep on the street. 
You can't make it your house. You can't make it in a camp. You can't bring boxes and shopping carts and say, this is now my territory. He's right legally. We're going to talk about that from a legal perspective. And I want to ask your opinion as guys and gals who are riding these subways every day and walking the streets of, of, of New York City. I want to see what your point of view is on that. Come on back, guys. 877-970-2999. Be right back. It's bowl season in the Big Apple. Quarter the end zone. He's got it for a lead taking touchdown orange. What a throw. On Thursday, December 29th, Syracuse clashes with Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. On fourth and one, they got 46. Our coverage begins at one on your home for Syracuse football. Catch all the action Thursday, December 29th at one on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. 866-DADS-LAW, 701 Eastgate Drive, Suite 310, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. Diana Magala, licensed in New York and New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Well, folks, New Year's Eve is right around the corner, and why not sail into 2023 aboard the Atlantis Yacht? The Atlantis of New York Cruises is hosting a fabulous New Year's Eve party that is guaranteed to impress. It's the best place for a 360-degree view of the New Year's Eve fireworks. Event itinerary includes hors d'oeuvres and gourmet buffet, premium open bar featuring their gold bar with festive New Year's Eve cocktails and live DJ entertainment. And of course, there will be free flowing champagne. Speaking of New Year's, I can't think of a better place to pop the question to that special someone in your life than on the Atlantis. Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Tickets are going fast. For more information or to buy tickets, visit NewYorkCruises.com or call 718-646-8083. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. Come experience the all-new 2023 Mitsubishi PHEV, our plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Bold, capable, electrifying. Reserve yours today. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi, just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Hey, folks, this uh, Brooklyn accent is not that of Arthur Idala, who usually fills in this spot at six to seven. I'm his sub. He's taking some needed time off. I'm Steve Levy, the former county executive in nearby Suffolk County and former state assemblyman, a writer for Newsmax and uh author of Solutions to America's Problems. And I'm here in studio uh, with the guys running the show here. We got Matt, we got Alex, we got Aisha. We're talking about all things New York City. We just finished chatting about crime in New York and the good and the bad of Governor Adams and, uh, excuse me, Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul. And guys, if you want to chime in, it's 877-970-2999. But I want to segue into another thing that changed over the decades I was talking about back in the 70s and 80s when I was in New York quite a bit and we had a big homeless problem. And then Giuliani came in and said, we're going to stop it. And what did he do? He said, look, we're going to go up to people. Say, you can't stay here. We got a shelter for you. You have to go there. You can't just take over the park or take over the subway. And it has such an important filtering down effect because... When people are coming to the city, whether they're a tourist or a person just going to work, 
if you're fearful for your safety or you're hopping over people who are homeless and taking over the, the, the area, it's, it's a bad aura for the city itself and it impacts revenues. But let's not sound heartless here that, oh, you know, just toss these people away. They're in very bad shape. I mean, uh, a, a, you know, a big s- section of the homeless are mentally ill. About two-thirds have some mental incapacity. About 17% are severely mentally ill. About 36% are addicts. So we need to do something for these folks. And I got to give kudos to Mayor Adams, who did something rather controversial the other week. He said, look, we're no longer going to allow people to just take over these spots. And he's right on the law. As an attorney, you know, I can tell you that he stated correctly that we can't force a person into a shelter unless a psychiatrist gives the report that the person's a danger to themselves. And you can't, you know, you can't tell them you can't stand here, you can't sit here. But you can't say you can't make an encampment here. You can't bring in your, your, the shopping cart with all of your belongings and the cardboard box and say, this corner of the sidewalk is mine or this subway car is mine. And kudos to the governor for that because something like this has to be done. I don't know. Do you think it's going too far, Aisha? Is that cruel or is it the right and actually more humane thing to do? You know, I think it's a ridiculous situation to see the homeless on the streets. You pay taxes and as a productive member of society, you feel kind of let down by your government and people who are supposed to protect you. Not only protect you, but but what about protecting the addict who's homeless or the mentally ill person who's homeless who's just wandering around shouting at himself, getting into trouble, hurting other people? Yes. At the same time... You have to solve the root of the situation. Like, why are people lying on the street? Oh, like, like yeah. what's going on? Well, I'll tell you. Because these one, are people. They are. You know? and, and, you know, one of the things we have to do is we, gotta make these, we have to make these shelters safer and more hospitable True. to the people you're going to place there. The first thing they'll tell you is it's dangerous. I'm a homeless guy, homeless woman, and if I go there, I'm going to get beaten and they're going to take my stuff. Correct. So I've always said... Why can't you have security there? Why can't you have a locker for these folks? Oh, we don't have the money. Don't have the money. Do you know when de Blasio's administration, they shelled out 800 billion. That's B, billion folks, not, you know, no, excuse me, 800 million dollars close to a billion. And we don't know where that is. one million with an M, one billion with a B dollars for who? De Blasio's wife, mm-hmm. who ran a, a Thrive NYC. Thrive NYC. Can you, Matt? Can you tell me one damn thing that Thrive did to I, relieve the homeless problem? I wish I could, but unfortunately, none of that, none of those dollars are accounted for. And that's a hundred and eleven percent increase in single homeless people in the De Blasio administration, despite throwing away almost a billion dollars on this Thrive program. So you know what? You have the money. You mm-hmm. have the money to make a shelter clean safe and and secure so that they can put their belongings there. I think the mayor, Mayor Adams, is on the right path to try to get there. And I love what Aisha is saying about how we have all this tax dollars going into what? Like, we don't know where it is. And so why aren't we helping? And and the other thing about all of this is that, and I think you alluded to it a couple minutes ago, is these people don't want to get help. So how do we do it where they are able to feel comfortable asking for help. I think that's the first step, right? right? To make them feel comfortable. Yes, you can come to the city. We will help you. Homeless outreach teams have very little success because they don't want, these people don't want help. So what would you advise the mayor to do? Well, I, I think you have to make, a, a, have an alternative, number one. Just can't say, hey, uh, we're pulling you in because there's constitutional prohibitions about that without some kind of psychiatric uh, support on that. But you can say you can't stay here, which is very important. Deal with the problem of homeless on the street. Then deal with the root part after you've solved that. And and a lot of that has to do with the counseling for the addicts. But most importantly, you've got to make the city safe for tourists and for people who are using it every day. You know, we still have in this city a 16% vacancy rate. Uh, It was 10% before the pandemic. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is the crime wave. Part of it is COVID, and we're still not totally back to where we were. But part of it also is, you know, one of you guys was telling me, you don't see those double-decker buses coming by anywhere with the tourists, right? Because 
you know, you're seeing on TV, you know, all the random violence in the subways and you're walking over homeless people and people, you know, with hatchets in McDonald's. Who's going to want to come here? And then what you have to look at is when people start coming, you start losing revenue into your city coffers and you have less money to help the people who you want to help in the first place. So it's a big cycle, right? Is this, I was going to say, is this going to hit the suburbs as well? Like, is Suffolk County dealing with some of this outflow of the homeless, or what's going on? Well, Suffolk and Nassau and suburbs, yeah. we, we have homeless, okay? But you don't have a, a densely populated town square like you do with mm-hmm. Times Square or most of the places in the city. We don't have a subway system. So those who do lose their homes, and by the way, most of those folks are single moms and children. So we have shelters for them. Uh, they're not the greatest in the world, but they're warm, and you try to provide services for those folks. But it's different kind of setting. It's spread out. It's suburbia. You don't have, you know, the ability to just fold into the entire population on a subway or any street on a block in Manhattan. You right. Know? So big difference there. But, you know, we can segue here from the homeless into the whole migrant situation. I still use the term illegal alien, even though it's politically incorrect, because it is a fact that it's illegal immigration. And I never want us to forget that. And when you stop using the word illegal, you stop remembering that it's illegal and it should be stopped. Okay, but when we welcome illegal immigration, as has been the case in these last two years and even before that, you're exacerbating the problem. So, you know, we already have a shortage of shelters, a shortage of supply of housing, and now you're bringing in hordes of people, probably five million people over the last two years when President Biden said, we're going to see, I want to surge. He ends all the successful policies from the previous administration, the asylum program that said you have to ask for asylum in Mexico, and then just open it up. All right, here's my theory. I say that the reason for this massive illegal immigration over the last few years, it's done on purpose. It hasn't been because of incompetence or they didn't know what to do. This is a plot by the Democratic Party to get more voters in. And there's a saying, I'm going to hand it over to you guys. Republicans wanted the cheap labor, so they looked the other way. The Democrats wanted the easy votes, and the consumers wanted the cheap nannies. Okay, so everybody's looking the other way and now it's hitting the fan. Matt, am I wrong or what? You know, I, I think you make an excellent point. But one thing that does bother me when I do vote in primaries and general elections, they never ask me for ID. And of course, if you're going to have an influx of illegal aliens, oh, don't who say don't it. have you, ID. Gonna, I'm going to call you racist. Well, I'm, call you uh, racist. I'm, you I'm not you racist, but you know, and you know, I'm kidding. Of course, uh, but. Of, of course. But <laughs> I'll I'll hand them my driver's license. Oh, no, we don't need to see that. We don't need right. to see that. Just, just sign here. Just sign here. And I, I think there should be acceptable voter registration laws. I, I think they don't make you show ID because it's a financial like discrimination. Because you have to well, go to the me, DMV, well, you have to pay you money to get an ID. If you want social Not, services, don't you need an ID? Of course you do. You need an ID to get it. It's New, for free. New York I, City has a free ID program that right. anyone can get an ID card, even even those migrants. That, is a, that is a point that's made a lot. By a certain camp that say it's, it, it, it inhibits people of, me, of lack of means to get it. But I'll tell you what I've seen out there is some states like Florida will actually say, we'll provide you the ID for free. You know, and they do here in New York. But you need ID to get social right. services. True. Everyone's got an ID. When we come back, I want to ask you, though, about those that want to come here and do good. What do we how do we help them? It would be nice because, you know, Alex, we've got four million people waiting online and sometimes it takes them 10 years to come in the right way. And we're going to ask, are they suckers for Mm. waiting online when everybody else comes in illegally and gets free driver's licenses? And 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 free Free cell phones, free everything. Yes. Hey, come on back here, folks. Steve Levy. For the Author I Dallas show, call in. We'd love to hear from you at 877-970-2999. We'll see you after the break.
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala, a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code TRAVEL for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code TRAVEL for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TRAVEL for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first First, Philip. So, you know, I'm surrounded with these judges here who are my partners. Um, we're always in and out of uh, the courthouse. So I just want to make sure you guys understand that there is a very vital part of every courtroom, every courtroom that you could be a part of. And we are giving you the opportunity. Plaza College is giving you the opportunity to be part of the excitement. And that is by becoming a court reporter. Because court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations, they're all looking for professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. Today, it's Wellness Wednesday on Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, the whole fruit and vegetable capsule, delivering your maximum nutrition in every dose. 100% whole food nutrition with the taste, smell, and color of pure fruits and veggies, as nature intended just for you. Try them now and see for yourself. 35% off and free shipping. Call now, 800-2468-751 or balanceofnature.com. And don't miss Wellness Wednesday, tonight at 7 p.m. on AM 970. The Answer. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Hey, welcome back to the Author Idala Show. This is Steve Levy, the former Suffolk County Executive and New York State Assemblyman, subbing in for Arthur today. And we're in our last block here, and we've been having a great time. We've got Matt. Aisha and Alex in the production room here, they're chiming in. We've been talking about New York City, the good and bad, and what we can do to make it even better. And one of the things I want to talk about, guys, it comes from my perspective as the executive director of the Center for Cost-Effective Government. Like I said, I'm a Republican. I'm a fiscally conservative guy, socially moderate, but I believe government wastes way too much money. Our taxes are too damn high. And I say kudos to Mayor Adams, and Governor Hochul, who I don't always give a pat on the back to, who were asked uh, at, a, at a forum about a month ago, should we follow the suggestion of some of the progressives in the city council and in the state government to increase taxes further on the very wealthy? And they shot it down. And in my mind, thank God they did, because there's a tendency for some to just say, oh, they've got so much money. Just tax them a little more. They'll never feel it. What's the difference? And Adams makes the point, it's what I've always said, you've got to be careful about killing the goose that laid the golden egg. So I'm going to ask you guys a question here. We're going to be talking about fair share. What is paying a fair share? Mm. Aisha, you're a 20-year-old young lady, okay, new to the production studio here. If I asked you, what percentage of all revenues in the 
city budget come from the top 1% earners, okay? The top 1%, the people who make the most, how much of their taxes fill up the city coffers? Take no, a wild guess. I have no idea, but we're going to take a guess. Give me a guess. Um, Out of the blue, you're a Gen Z young lady who I don't expect you to know the answer. I think it should be more. I, well, what do you think they pay um, right now? And then I'll ask, come back and ask you, should it be more? Maybe like 10. 10%? 10%? That's, that's pretty good. That's what most people would say. Alex? I was actually going to think 5. I think they pay a little less than, uh, I think 5%. Uh, Matt, bring us home. How much is the 1% filling up the coffers in New York City? I would like to think it's at least 25%. Okay. You ready, guys, sitting down? When they tell us the college students, all, they think I'm lying. They think I'm making it up. Their jaws hit the ground. <laughs> 41%! Forty-one percent, the top one percent earners in New York City are, are accountable for forty-one percent of all the revenue that comes into the city. So when you chase these people away, yep. you lose money coming back into your government that you want to help poor people. Mm -hmm. And this is what too many people don't understand. Credit to Adams, he gets it. Do you know what the what the tax is now in New York State for millionaires? The highest level, you know, in this in the feds, if you're in the highest level, you're paying about thirty nine percent and change, almost forty percent. What do you think it is on the state level? That that's what I would say. I think they pay very much less than the middle class. So I would say they pay between three and four percent less. About the anybody about else that. want to chime? What you think the millionaires pay just for the state tax now? The state tax. Fed, it's going to be more at 40%. Um, I'm going to go with 15%. That's a good guess because yeah. it's actually 13 Okay. Which is the highest in the nation, by the way, along with California. But now, wait a minute. Look at it this way. You're paying 40% on your Fed. You're paying 13% on your state. And now you got the city tax. Yep. Okay? Every dollar you make, most of it's going back to the government. So what are they doing? They're hauling out of here. They're going to, why are they going to Florida, Texas, South Carolina, and Tennessee? What do they all have in common? No state income tax. No state income tax. You know why LeBron James signed with Miami way back when? Because I'm, I'm signing a $200 million contract. You know what it means? That I don't have to pay state taxes on that? So people are going in drugs. We lead the league here, and I said it earlier, right? We lead the nation in people leaving, leaving the state to go to other places. 420,000 left during the pandemic. How yep. many think of those came back? I don't even think half of those people no, came back. So, But I wanted to ask you this. Is it a bad sign when the city council of New York City wants to just balloon the budget even more than it was under de Blasio? So much so, Adams is like, no, no, we're not going to do that. You know? Well, credit to Adams. He, and by the way, I don't know how the heck New York does isn't swimming in money because every other county, every other city is swimming in money right now because of COVID. The feds just threw billions and billions of dollars into all these governments. One of the reasons New York is hurting is because the tourists aren't coming here anymore. Mm -hmm. yep. And people aren't coming to work, right? So if you don't come to work, you're working remote. Are you using the deli downstairs? Nope. Are you using the, the dry cleaner down the block? This is closed, sure. yep. too. Like, yep. Sure. I remember after COVID, I came and I was like, I was in Crazy. And Florida stayed empty, open. Empty shops. You still see it now. Florida stayed yeah. open. Their rates were no worse than ours. Their kids went to school. And their people survived. Their businesses survived. But one of the reasons New York is having this fiscal problem is because they closed the darn city down. So, well, when they locked down, like the beginning of 2020, I was like, okay. But that summer lockdown killed us, didn't it? Like that extending it into August and then September, Absolute, it just killed us. Absolutely did. And now everybody's expecting, like your generation now, Aisha, you know, a 20-something, when they're looking for jobs and you want me to work seven days a week at, excuse me, five days a week at the office? I can't come I would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would that, never right? do that. <laughs> oh, what a different world. Oh, my God. I would never I do that. <laughs> All right, I want to tell you guys this, speaking of taxes, because it's near and dear to my heart. I wrote a book, Solutions to America's Problems, and I have a whole chapter on taxation. And it, I, I love telling this to younger people, especially college kids, when I guest lecture with them. I say, you know what? You want to get more money to help poor people, and you know the best thing you can do, and they think I'm crazy. Cut taxes. Hey, no, what are you talking about? Cut taxes. If you cut taxes, you have less money to spend on the things we need. No. You actually get more money. And, and hear me out, Okay. 
Several times in our history in America, we've cut taxes. It's not just Republicans. Democrat John F. Kennedy in the 1960s gave a slashing to higher taxes. You know what happened? Their revenues went up from 1961 to 1968 by 62%. In the 1980s, Ronald Reagan slashed taxes. From 83 to 89, their revenues increased 54%. Donald Trump cut taxes in 2017. Revenues increased. Now you'll say, well, Reagan had a deficit and so did uh, so did uh, Trump. That's true. But it wasn't because of a lack of money coming in. It's because they couldn't stop spending like drunken sailors. They kept spending, spending, spending. So m- lower taxes, increased revenue. Bill Clinton, Democrat, cut capital gains taxes in his second term. It led to a boom. More money comes in. You can spend it on the poor, on the middle class. Cut taxes. Do you want to cut taxes? Across the board is what they did it. And some people say, well, don't give it to the rich folks. But if you do it to everyone, remember, that money not taken out of the pocket of a wealthy person is going to what? It's going to be invested into a business. And when that business is doing better, they grow. They hire more people. And if you're an employee, you want to see your wages go up? You know the best climate to have your wages go up is when you can say to your employer, hey, Jack, I need more money, and if you don't give it to me, I'm going across the street to uh, Apex Mm. over there. They're going to pay me more. A strong economy allows that to happen. A weak economy that you saw from 2010 to 2017, you can't get a raise. Why? Because you can't go anywhere else to get a job. To get I have more a question, money. Steve. Yes. So I hear like, oh, Amazon doesn't pay taxes. Like Tesla doesn't pay taxes. How are like they not paying taxes? Well, they're taking are... advantage of of deductions that are in our tax code, and we give incentives. Say, well, if you're investing in new technology or this or that, we'll cut it. Now, some have suggested, and this is where I agree with the Democrats and even Manchin, in this new package, which I thought overall was a disaster that they passed last year, they did at least say we'll have a minimum tax of 15%. I don't believe in taxing, like, you know, doctors or lawyers, upper middle class, but I think, like, these big businesses and billionaires What I say before, though, Aisha, be careful about killing the goose that laid the golden egg because those people can get in their jet or get in their car and go do their business on a beach in West Palm in Florida or down in Dallas. That's why they're leaving California. That's why they're leaving Illinois. That's why they're leaving New York. What do they all have in common? They're big spending blue states. Florida has three million more people than New York. They have half the budget that we do. We have a $222 billion budget. They have $100 billion, and their roads get paid, and their kids go to school. And on that note, I'm going to wrap this session up. You've been listening to the Arthur Idala Idala, uh, Show with Steve Levy as your guest host. Thank you, Aisha and Alex and Matt. And we want to see you guys and hear from you guys again in the future. Steve Levy signing off. From 970 The Answer. God bless you guys. Have a great week. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.